Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Emaw podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Tillery. And in case you haven't heard it already today, I hope you're having an absolute wonderful one. It's about 8,003 degrees in Kansas City right now, so wherever you're at, I hope it is cooler and more chill, but in case it is not. And you know, even if it is, maybe you live in a blizzard right now, it is what it is. If you're interested in getting a free Heartland College Sports koozie to keep your beer cold all summer, whether you're in a blizzard or you're in the middle of the summer, either way, go ahead and leave a five-star rating on this podcast. It's the Everything Emaw podcast, wherever you get your podcasts at. Whether it be Apple Music or you're just hearing it somehow on your iPod, one way or another, go ahead and leave a five-star review rating. Send that over to Pete Mundo. That's M-U-N-D-O. You can find him either on the Heartland College Sports official website or on Twitter. Go ahead and search out Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, and send it his way for a free Heartland College Sports koozie. I actually have four. I have four on me right now. So I am rolled up in koozies. It is a plethora of koozies every time I go to grab a beer. And that's the important part, and you should have that option too. But ladies and gentlemen, let me let you know, we are fresh and back from Big 12 Media Days. It was such a cool event, and I know that I don't want to just sit here and be like, oh wow, we did all this cool stuff, but I want to give you my thoughts on the event. I want to talk to you about which players we saw, what we saw people say, what happened here and there, and honestly, starting from the jump, it's at AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys, and I know that not a lot of people are Cowboys fans, but also at the same time, they are. You feel one way or another about it either way. Let me set the scene here for you. We walked in, and all you hear is, Hi, I'm Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys. And you hear the same track on loop with this sick guitar solo in the background. And it just basically goes, Go Cowboys, every 38 seconds. So starting that off, that is one thing. Outside of that, our experience was incredible. We got to see Will Howard, Chris Kleiman, we got to see Cooper Beebe, Daniel Green, and my boy Kobe Savage, one of my favorite players in college football. Obviously, I'm a little biased here being a K-State fan, but this dude is one of my favorites in college football. We get to see all those guys take the stage. And before I get into discussing what everything was said, what was happening, what happened here and there, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to play Chris Clemens opening statements and answering some questions here on the main stage. So how it works is they had the first seven coaches come up on day one, and the second seven coaches come on day two and talk. Chris Clement opened up day two with these comments. So I want to play a little bit of that right now. Here's about a two, three minute clip discussing what Clement had to say at Big 12 Media Days. We're excited to be back. Um, it's going into year five for me, and it's crazy to, to think how quickly this time has gone. And we have four student athletes here with us today, Cooper Beebe, Will Howard, Kobe Savage, and Daniel Green, that uh, uh, kind of epitomize what our uh, four- and five-year journey has been here at, at Kansas State. And uh, uh, we're big believers in development and developing players. And I think that uh, you look at Cooper Beebe and you look at Will Howard, and that's the, uh, that personifies what Kansas State football is, and that's a developmental program. Uh, we're excited to be back at AT&T. We finished... Uh, uh, our season at the end of the regular season in the Big 12 championship game here uh, with a big win uh, that uh, uh, probably gave us a little bit uh, of cachet as far as uh, what we're doing is the right way. And our kids believe that what we're doing is, is the right way. And we're a player-led team. And uh, our players are the reason why we got to AT&T had success last year. Um, but uh, it's a new year. And we've been talking about that uh, since we got back uh, in mid-January, that uh, you need to stay humble, you need to eat crumbs, um, you need to stay hungry because what you did yesterday is great, but it pales into comparison to what you can do today. There's tremendous parity in the Big 12. Uh, you saw that last year uh, with the amount of teams that uh, uh, either won one-score games or knocked people off, and, and every week 
you had to have your A game or you were going to get beat. And I think that's uh, what college football is starting to become as well. Um, you know, recruiting is, is never ending. The transfer portal is never ending. And so there's so many uh, players switching teams. Uh, so you're always going to have uh, increased parity. You know, some of the guys that maybe weren't playing as much for you are on another team, sometimes even in the same league. Uh, and so that uh, always is going to increase competition. And um, uh, college football is really healthy. And uh, I- I'm excited about the direction it's going, especially uh, once uh, we get to the 12, uh, 12 team playoff. It is, but if Brett says that's the best thing for us to do, we're going to do it because he's our leader. And um, there's a reason why we're doing it that way. We have one on Friday night this year uh, at Oklahoma State, which. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be excited about. Um, there, there's always going to be something going on. There's so many things anymore uh, that uh, for people to do, whether it's a Thursday, Friday, or a Saturday, that uh, if you put a really good product out there, uh, people are going to come watch you play. But, uh, no, I, I, I think the more people and more um, audiences we can touch, and if that's a Thursday, if that's a Friday, whenever that is, uh, I know that we're all willing to do it to help out the conference. Now, I know what you're thinking. Okay, this is all just coach speak. We're not going to hear anything great. We're not going to hear anything incredible. That's okay. That is A-OK, ladies and gentlemen. We heard some good audio clips. We heard a chunk of stuff from the Big 12 Media Days event, starting off with Commissioner Brett Yormark, and I say this lightly, absolutely dunking on Oklahoma and Texas. In case you were there, I saw it firsthand. This is how it happens. So you get on the main stage and you talk about, you know, we are open for business. We're still open for business. This is all the great things we've done. Your Mark does about a 20-minute segment where he starts off with an opening monologue. Then he sits down for an interview with one of the ESPNU people that were there and then took questions from the audience. As soon as he finished up, you go off stage and there's this big, just absolute, you know, scrum to try to get an audio bite, try to get a clip from him. He goes over and you're basically standing down a crowd of like 80 people surrounding you, basically boxing each other out with cameras and mics. So I was one of the box out ease, I guess. So I'm up there chilling, waiting to see if Yormark says anything. And he sits there for about 15 minutes answering questions, which I'm going to be honest, that's got to be the most exhausting thing of all time. You get off the stage, 20 minutes rapid fire stuff, just, you know, saying whatever's going on in your life. You get off the stage and then you're right into another 20 minute breakout session. That's got to be exhausting. That's tiring, man. But the guy killed it. That dude has a legendary aura around him at all times. He walks in and it feels like you're talking to Burt freaking Reynolds. The guy is so cool, so humble, so exciting. The perfect lead for the Big 12 Conference. Someone ends up asking, it was one of the old Texans, I get a guarantee as one of those older guys, talking about the Longhorns, talking about Oklahoma, and I could just be throwing that around, but it sounded about it. And they basically said, you know what? It's pretty obvious that Texas and Oklahoma have carried the conference in recruiting for the last couple of years. You know, what do you anticipate, blah, blah, blah. And Brett kind of jumped in and said, I don't think that Oklahoma and Texas have carried the Big 12 in recruiting. You know, neither of them have played in a Big 12 title game in a long time. It's not to say that I dislike him running like that. You know, I have much love for the teams. And he kind of tried to cover it up a bit, but it was, a, it was kind of a dunking. So I want to play that audio real quick just to give you a taste of what we all got. It was the silence of the internal, oh, that everyone's freaking out saying, you know what, they just dunked on him. 100%. They threw up the lob, Jason Terry style. Not Jason Terry catching the lob, but Jason Terry, you know, being the seat for LeBron James, throwing down an absolute posterizer. That's what happened. Brett Yormark was LeBron James in this one. Dunked on Texas and Oklahoma. And let me say, outside of Mike Gundy, there wasn't much dunking on Oklahoma and Texas. Sonny Dykes had a couple of comments about Missouri and Texas A&M that could loosely be tied to the decision to go to the SEC for 
OU in Texas. But Brett Yormark had this to say when asked about the Big 12 recruiting and what's lost with Oklahoma and Texas. I'm not sure they've carried recruiting. They haven't been in the championship game here for a couple of years now. And all the other schools have done an incredible job. So I'm not sure they've been carrying I mean, I love Texas and Oklahoma, sure. don't get me wrong. Um, and I, like I said before, I got great relationships with them. But our schools are doing an incredible job in recruitment. Look at TCU's run last year. 80% of our teams made the bowl games last year. So everyone's in a great place. I mean, what are we doing? What kind of a question is that? Why are you going to ask the commissioner of a league where two teams are leaving and say, obviously, the two leaving teams dominated recruiting when Texas hasn't won a Big 12 title since 2009? When Oklahoma seems to lose everything with Brent Venables at head coach. It's just not the way to say that. Look at TCU. You can't make a national championship run without good recruiting. You can't. So you're the second best team in college football. Well, you know, you got dominated by two teams in recruiting. K-State, I'll give you this. We have not dominated recruiting at the maximum level, at the macro level. We haven't taken five stars from Georgia and LSU and, you know, all these big schools but look at what we've done on a micro level of just the state of Kansas. K-State has dominated Kansas recruiting for as long as possible. And I know you're going to sit here and say, well, it's not like they're from Georgia. It's not like they're from Florida or Texas. These players aren't going to be four- and five-star guys consistently. Avery Johnson is a top-100 player in the nation, four-star recruit. He's going to play quarterback here in a couple of years for K-State. I think he's going to be pretty good. And in case you haven't heard yet, the top player in the class of 2024 is from the Kansas City area. I know that's Missouri, but the Kansas City area, a place where K-State does really, really well. And granted, I know they're probably going to be taken by Oklahoma or you know Georgia or LSU or one of these top programs, Alabama, but you can't sit here and tell me that they've dominated recruiting. But look how far behind Texas Tech is. In 2024, right now, Texas Tech is dominating both Oklahoma and Texas. Look at that. And I know that it's not safe to say that well, the average of the players is different, or how many players is there is different. Texas Tech and Joey McGuire feels like a brand that's going to be running for a long time on the recruitment level. So all I'm saying is, what a bad question to ask. I don't mean to just dunk on that guy specifically, but what do you think Brett Yormark's going to say? Well, yeah, it's going to be tough to it's going to be tough to have anybody commit to the Big 12 Conference once those two are gone. I mean, why would anybody want to play here if they're not from Texas or Oklahoma? Come on, man. Nobody's going to say that. He's not going to say that. This is the commissioner that believes in this league and is ready to go in this league. He's not going to set himself up to go viral for the wrong ways. Now, looking at K-State specifically, looking at the Wildcats, looking at the guys that spoke, I wasn't super invested in the terms of like, well, I don't have a hard-hitting journalism question to ask and say, you know what, I need this answer. What I did was things like run around and ask, you know, six or seven guys, hey, what are your thoughts on the new NCAA video game? What's the worst number in college football? What's your go-to fast food restaurant? Just quick, fun things, man. I don't need to be the guy up there saying, hey, guys, you know, you got your butts kicked last year, Neil Brown. What are you going to do to change that right now? What is the biggest difference? And then him say, well, we got a better quarterback. We got better players. We got, I don't want those questions. There's 15 people that are going to ask that. I don't need to be the 16th one. So when you ask quick hitting fun things, man, it gives these athletes a break. So you hear Chris Kleiman talking. The biggest thing I noticed from him, it's that so-called shift from the hunter to hunted, which I'm going to be honest, that's a corny question, man. Not just from somebody to ask, but like, Every year, whoever wins the Big 12, you have to ask that question. Hey, what's that shift going to be like for you? If Chris Kleiman gets up there and says, you know what, we're scared, man. Everybody's going to give us our best game. We don't, we're not ready for that. What coach is going to say that? You're going to get one of two answers. From a guy like Chris Kleiman who doesn't give you these trending audio bites that everybody around the world is, is clipping. 
Clemson's going to either say, well, we don't really care about that. We're not interested in that. We're just trying to be the best team we can. That's one. You'll hear that a lot. Or you'll get number two here. You'll get, well, we're excited for it. We feel like we're the best team. We're ready to deliver on that. Those questions, you've heard a million times. So I get these fun questions where people are just asking and you see what happens. I got to talk to Will Howard a little bit. I got to talk to Kobe Savage at around the area, around the state of Kansas. I got to talk to Jalen Daniels for Kansas. Talked to Jamoy Hodge, Bud Clark for TCU. There's a chunk of people I talked to. Danny Stutzman from Oklahoma as well. And the one thing that I, I didn't anticipate having, Oklahoma had handlers on every single athlete. It was crazy. So Will Howard's just chilling. Will Howard's just chilling. Kobe Savage sitting on the couches. I woke up, hey, what's up, fellas? Can I ask you some quick questions? I'm like, sure. And conveniently, I had Kobe Savage in a couple of classes, so there's probably some mutual, like, this is at least a familiar face that I kind of know, so there's at least a little bit of that going. Not to say that I'm known it by any means, but just from the class aspect. So it's an easier conversation. For Danny Stutzman, who was going on, on the news break right after Dylan Gabriel, there were more bodies around Dylan Gabriel than anybody. And I know you might think, well, Quinn Ewers, you know, you might think Jalen Daniels, Will Howard. Will Howard and Jalen Daniels are their own guys. They're just walking around. I didn't really see Quinn Ewers at all. Some of these athletes were floating around, you know, tossing cornhole, playing, hanging out with the mascots, doing whatever they can. Dylan Gabriel and Quinn Ewers were locked down, man. They had three or four handlers approving their media requests and all this stuff. You had to specify your coverage area, your different things. Man, I was just there to have fun. There to talk to these guys and see what's on their minds. So you hear Chris Kleiman say these things like, we just want to be with the guys that exemplify the university. K-State has some of the best dudes in the conference. I know that everybody's going to say, well, they're great athletes. They can compete with the best in the world. They can, but I'm not here to convince you of that. You know, if I have to convince you of that, why you listen to the podcast, man? You guys are all K-State fans, more than likely, unless you're, I guess, hate listening. But if you don't like listening to the podcast, you're not going to listen. That's just the gist of it. So I don't need to try to pitch some, you know, whatever. We've got some of the nicest people in the Big 12. That's what I noticed that separates this university apart from anywhere else in the world. And I know what you might be thinking, well... You know, Oklahoma State is some nice people. This school is nice people. It's not, It's not. you know, impossible to recruit good people. No, it's not. But what I've noticed about K-State that not every other team has, I'll tell you right now, the thing that K-State has over everybody else in the entire country, you have two coaches that love their players, that love each other and love their university. And I know you might be thinking, well, there's probably cases of that. You know, uh, I was going to say Texas Tech, Grant McCaslin, we just haven't seen him yet. He's a great guy. You've seen Joey McGuire. Seems like he's a great guy. There's a lot of that. Coach Kleiman was asked about recruiting, and the first thing out of his mouth was Jerome Tang. He goes, Jerome's brought a lot of eyes to the university. We try to help each other with recruiting. You know, we have some football guys that talk to the athletes. We've got basketball guys that talk to the athletes that try to just explain the love they have for this university and the community. That doesn't happen everywhere. You don't see four guys like Jerome Tang and the next three coaches off the bench going out to recruit. You don't see that at a Kansas, at an Iowa State. You know, if you get if you get Bill Self out there, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Jerome Tang's there with three other assistant coaches. Usually you get the assistants or the guys that are evaluating high school guys. Kleiman's the dude. Tang's the dude. And they love each other. They love this university. They love Gene Taylor. They love all things purple. That was the biggest thing. And you saw that with Will Howard. You saw that with all the guys that were on the panel. Every single one of them talked about how much they love the university. You know, Will Howard was asked specifically, and I forget which report it was. It could have been a Go Power Cat guy or Three Maw guy, or just someone from radio. So I apologize for not having that credit right to go. Someone asked, you know, Will, in an era of transfer portal changes, what's that been like? How'd you stay at K State? You know, your first two years weren't great. And that's a, a fair assessment to say. I'm not just dunking on the guy. You know, you come in as a true freshman for Skylar Thompson. You really haven't had any snaps with the first team. 
you're thrown at that spotlight immediately. Skyler's getting taken out against Texas Tech. Well, you got to come in and win this game. It's a close game. You bounce around. You know, you sit behind Skyler another year. You sit behind some guys here. Your junior year, you could be the guy, but there's not many expectations for you. You bring in a four-star transfer in Adrian Martinez, a four-star guy. This is the dude. Bring him in. Martinez looks good for the first half of the season. There's a lot of guys saying, you know what, Martinez is the dude. This could lead you to a Big 12 championship. Martinez gets hurt against Iowa State. Gets banged up against Iowa State. Finishes the game, but still banged up. He sees knee injury. That's what happens. Next game, he's all right, he's back. He's ready to go against TCU. The second best team in college football. We didn't know it back then, but they are. Will Howard comes in. Adrian Martinez plays one play. He says, you know what, I can't make it work. Will comes in and plays a hell of a game. K-State lost a 28-17 lead, which, yeah, I get that, but... You get Will Howard out there and he looks great. And then Will leads the team to a Big 12 title against the second best team in college football. One thing I saw specifically from Chris Kleiman, the level of confidence that everyone on the roster has about Will Howard is changed. Last year I was vocal. I said, Martinez is the guy. I like Howard, but just give Martinez his shot. This is his time. We'll see what happens as the, as the season continues. And I was vocal. If you listen to the podcast last year, you can probably hear me saying, well... I don't trust a quarterback change right now. There's a lot of people saying it. I think we stay with Martinez. I wasn't saying that I'm, I'm anti-Will Howard or like that, but at the time, I thought Martinez was the better option. Will Howard this year, I would run through a brick wall for. This guy's going to be the best quarterback in the Big 12 Conference. Everybody sees that. If you don't, you know, I apologize. I guess you're buying into the hype of a Quinn Ewers, of a Dylan Gabriel, or, you know, Jalen Daniels even to an extent. He's a good quarterback. Health is a concern. But look at the guys that K-State has. You've got one of the best defenders in football in Kobe Savage with the massive Toyota Camry-sized chip on his shoulder coming off an injury where he didn't get to play in the biggest game of the season, biggest two games of the season because of an injury. That dude's back and ready to go. Will Howard, who, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, still has eligibility after this season. Obviously, I do think K-State goes to a Big 12 title and wins it. If that happens, even if they get to the title game, Howard's probably a three, first three-round NFL draft pick. In the next draft, in 2024 draft. Is that enough to keep him at K-State? Is that enough to go to the NFL? I don't know. But he still has another year of eligibility. All I'm saying, and this is something I've harked all offseason. The sky is bright. The sky is blue. The sky is purple. The future is bright in Manhattan. And you saw that. These are big deal athletes. K-State has those guys. And the future, the next wave, is ready to go. You're going to see a lot of great things on the football field here in just about six short weeks. I think it's 47 days till kickoff, maybe 50 till kickoff. We've got one of the best teams in the Big 12, and that was apparent from everybody on the roster. You're going to see that soon, my friends. That was my takeaway from Big 12 Media Days. It wasn't the, this team could win. It felt like a professionalism step forward, saying this team has what it takes. You have to dethrone us. We're the guys. And that's what I saw. That's the beautiful thing about what I saw. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Everything You Mob podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Like I said, if you're interested in leaving a rating or review, send that over to Pete Mundo. That's M-U-N-D-O. You can find him on the official website or on Twitter. Send it his way and you'll get a Heartland College Sports official koozie. We appreciate you guys listening and all you do for us. I hope you have a great day and go Cats, my friends. Talk to you next week.